This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. We're invited to step into the world of Chadwick Moore's recent artworks where myth, nature and the excesses of consumer culture converge in thought-provoking ways. So his exhibition, which is titled Endless Buffet, is curated by Ivan Alexander Francis Gabriel and is a showcase of Chad's sculptures and paintings and the title is a satirical reference to modern consumerism while reflecting on the absurdity of excessive consumption and our compulsion to consume without consuming consideration of consequences. I love all the alliteration happening there. Um, Chad is in the studio with me now to share more. Welcome, Chad. How are you today? Uh, Hi. Fine, thank you. Lovely to have you on the show, Chad. So um, very interested to find out more about Endless Buffet. But before we get to that, uh, uh, can I just get to know you? Can we get to know you a bit better? So I know you are from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, yes, um, I lived there for uh, 20 years before moving to Malaysia, but originally from uh, the southeast United States, uh, okay. Georgia. Um, so kind of from both places, I guess, at this point. Um, but, okay. Yeah. And, and how did you, uh, what led you into becoming a visual artist? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, it, it's something that I, I guess I've uh, always uh, did and was always uh, encouraged to do. Um, when I got to university, it was, uh, you know, a bit of a, a hump to get over because it's, uh, I, I wanted to study art, but then it's, you know, not the most uh, financially advisable pursuit. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I've made it work. Um, and then I went on and uh, did a master's degree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's just something that's always been inside of me and something that I, I can't imagine not doing. Um, and keeps me sane, I guess, is what a lot of artists say. Yeah, yeah. And what were, you know, uh, earlier when you were younger, you know, what were some of the themes or, or motifs that you were exploring? What sort of art do you like doing? <sighs> Goodness, it's it's changed so much since from uh, say when I began like say high school and in university, I, I was much more interested in like a, uh, a sort of high Renaissance type of realism. Okay, and um, I would make uh, little minarets and shoeboxes and make very detailed paintings uh, from uh, figurines like army men and action figures and things like that. And then when I got to graduate school in San Francisco, um, people were much more engaged with the uh, shoebox sort of uh, things I was making, mm-hmm. um, and r- rather than the two-dimensional you know, paintings and drawings I was making from them. And it was a huge sort of conflict in me that I, I didn't feel like I was a 3D artist, and I felt like you... You really needed to put a lot of uh, maybe it's my Protestant upbringing that, that you need. To, you really need to suffer for anything to be uh, <laughs> worthwhile. So, um, yeah, it's something I eventually got over, and I started making more uh, found object type work, um, working from just uh, things I would find on the street or my own leftover uh, trash, basically, and um, and then the, my paintings sort of evolved into a little looser, um, a little more expressive, uh, not so much caught up on uh, representing uh, things as they actually are, but more sort of unlocking this sort of hidden world in between, you know, uh, uh, abstraction and and realism. And uh, that's kind of where I've been 
bouncing back and forth between uh, for the past 20 years now almost. Okay. And a lot of that also, I'm, I'm guessing that, that, that sort of mo- those sorts of motifs we're going to be seeing in uh, Endless Buffet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's there. All the work there is it's very much it's it's based in the real world, but there is a. Uh, um, I sort of explain it as it's like sort of this thin line between your conscious world and then your subconscious. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of interested in. Uh, Kind of unseen worlds and hybrid sort of uh, worlds that are made up of multiple influences. Okay. Um, but th- there is always a grounding. I, w- I would say everything in the show is, is, is sort of a landscape in some way. And um, it's not so completely departed from reality that <laughs> you, you've got no base to ground, uh, you know, what's going on. Okay. Yeah. You, um, you want to just share with our listeners, you know, the concept behind it, you know, and how it relates to, because as I mentioned earlier, right, they, those ideas of excess consumption in modern society. Oh, I, I, I think um, I started thinking about it. So before I moved to Malaysia, my, my wife is Malaysian, by the way, and I, I met her in San Francisco. So uh, I've been traveling back and forth to Malaysia quite a bit since 2014 when we met. And I think I was sort of taken aback by the things that were here that were so familiar from back in the U.S., like uh, mega malls and uh, <laughs> sure. American-style fast food. And I began to see it as sort of like a global language that um, no matter where you go on Earth now, pretty much you can find the same type of consumer experience. And, and it's, it's become, you know, quite homogenized that uh, there's no real, you know, aside from little tweaks to it um, with the menus on the fast food uh, uh, chains. Uh, there's not a lot of like uh, it's pretty much the same thing that's being sold wherever. So, yeah, it just it began to interest me as uh, as something that is it's a familiar landscape to everybody mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and um, something that um, yeah, no matter where you're from, you're, you're probably seeing uh, something similar to this and. Yeah, in in a way that it's it's a reflection on how local culture kind of dies out by embracing um, this, uh, sadly, in a very what's looked at as an Americanized style of consumerism. Um, how we we kind of put blinders on to the the short term benefits of it versus the long term. Effects on our environment and our health and our, our finances uh, sometimes, a lot of times. Um, so it, it just made, it made me wonder what it is. Is it something innate inside of us that, um, that is, is being catered to through, through marketing? Um, is it something that uh, we are, we are all in pursuit? If it, of more than we need, mm-hmm. um, or if it's if it's something we're being told, and I, I think that the the work in endless buffet um, is an exploration of that of um, you know why we um, why we want to go down this path that we know is is a dead end street when you stand back and look at it, but 
um, we seem to trip over all, our own feet in going down this path. So, uh, yeah, I, it, it, uh, I think a lot about the absurdities of, uh, of the, the woodwoods, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, there's there's a sort of gallows humor that's tied into it because I think that that's helpful for me just to process it as like to you know if you saw this on a sitcom. You know, there's a there's a cruise ship that has a you know a, a water park on top of the cruise ship and four different casinos and a roller coaster and why we're using our technology to build things like this to go all the way out on the ocean and when there's much more pressing things that we should pursue like I, I mean it's it's ridiculous and it's it's really funny. Except that it's it's actually going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the show is is just a, a uh, reflection on holding a mirror, I guess, up to ourselves. And I think in a funny way a lot of the times, um, but it's also, um, you know, I mean, we're we'll we'll be the only species on earth to you know steward our own demise and we seem to can't we can't do it fast enough yeah we just want to expedite that yeah so i mean it's 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 absurd and it's it's scary at the same time and so um yeah i, I think it's i mean my way of, of processing it and you know maybe a therapeutic thing for yeah, me at yeah. the same time as it is that i'm i'm you know trying to share my my point of view with others you know okay and i'm also curious because you know you mentioned how you like to uh, experiment with different sort of things that you find right so what what sort of um, art forms and media have you used uh, in this particular exhibition and and why did you choose that uh so, well the, the big installation uh atmospheric river um was uh, all made from um plastic bottles from a uh uh, car, what do you, do you say, garage here or uh, car, car auto repair shop? Yeah, um, a mechanic, we call a mechanic, it. A mechanic yeah. who was um, under my uh, old studio in Tamano UG. And I was working on another project that involved plastic bottles and um, had asked him if he had any extra. And to my surprise, a few days later, he had hundreds and hundreds of greasy bottles, which is apparently what they normally go through. Okay. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just took me aback of that how much plastic uh, um, goes into just keeping cars on the road. Um, I kind of I knew I wanted to make something eventually uh, with it. Uh, I started speaking with uh, the Go Down earlier this year and um, pitching ideas on what kind of installation I wanted to do. And then I, I brought up, uh, oh, how about a... Uh, invisible river in the sky that's made of plastic bottles um, and they thought it was great and uh, it works really well in the space because the space is um, sort of semi-open sort of an industrial looking building but there's uh, vines and everything sort of because uh, it's site specific right? yes it's a site specific installation um, so yeah for, for this particular piece um, or in this particular show it was, you know, part happenstance and part wanting to do something that, you know, spoke to climate change and how our uh, decisions in urban planning of designing cities for cars versus people 
could all ties into uh, impacting the weather, that how uh, fossil fuels and plastics are entering the environment through pollution, uh, be it through exhaust in, that goes mm-hmm. in the atmosphere or mm-hmm. plastics that get dumped into the ocean, that we're kind of becoming synthesized with our <laughs> our own byproducts like plastic in a way. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's... As an artist, it's, it's a really stimulating uh, uh, conceptual springboard. But uh, as a as a person, it's um, yeah, kind yeah. of scary. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, it's yeah, and it's a it's an interesting reflection of our times and what we're living through as well. I would imagine as well. Yeah. 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 I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. And there's one more piece I wanted to ask you about, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Beulah Land. Beulah Land. Okay. <laughs> and and that one, if I'm not wrong, you incorporated fragments from a cruise ship. And yeah. Fast food ads. Yeah, yeah. So um, during, <laughs> it was sort of a vision. Uh, Beulah Land. So it's, it's taken from the Bible, um, and it uh, refers to um, this uh, promised land, mm. where you know, like the land of milk and honey. And it was um, it was also a popular gospel song where I grew up. Um, so <laughs> it was originally it was sort of my take on what. Uh, uh, the sort of conservative Christian type background people that I grew up around might envision as a contemporary promised land. Um, but in a way, I, I, I could kind of see it as fitting into that more global language that consumerism has um, also, because uh, at the show, I've watched quite a few uh Malaysians go up to the painting and are very engaged by these things that I assume that they find quite familiar and they're, you know, pointing at little, Mm. yeah, and they know what sandwich from KFC this type of uh, uh, chicken patty is from and things like that. So it's, it's been quite interesting, but um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just a, uh, the idea that uh, we all have um, this this blueprint, like an, an archetypal type thing of what the promised land uh, is and how marketing, uh, advertising um, taps into that through things like color psychology, where, I mean, there's a quite a science behind why, um, say, McDonald's uses um, red and orange uh, versus other colors because yeah. the red and orange stimulates our appetite yeah. and uh, why a mega cruise ship would use things like blues and greens because it you know gives us this pe- sense of tranquility and mm-hmm. peace and yeah. it's it's just how those things like sync up inside our minds and uh, create a place um, it's this this idealized place but it's a complete fantasy mm-hmm. but um, I, I, I'm uh, just how, how we, we buy into this without really thinking about what what is the substance of this place, like what is the real relevance and what is the uh, what is the overall impact. Um, uh, the, the, the thing with cruise ships, I, I, I got really interested in cruise ships during COVID because it became this um, metric for when life would get back to normal was when we could start going on uh, these cruises again and um, uh, looking up some of uh, of uh, what these things are like now 
they're so not normal at all. They're these monstrosities, and um, they they're they're basically like a whole floating city um, with amusement parks and casinos and. Uh, anything imaginable that you would find in just a normal resort or wherever. Um, but there was just something so <laughs> odd about what that's what we need to get back to. And that's when things will be normal again. And, and you know, not to even mention the environmental impact that uh, that the ships have. Um, the fact that we are using our... Uh, brain power to build these things and and the the whole industry around it rather than uh you know use a pail to uh, scoop the water out of our, our own sinking ship uh, <laughs> we would, we would much rather just um you know burn through it yeah 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 <laughs> literally um, and figuratively yeah 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 so you know you mentioned uh visitors you know um sort of like engaging with it right i mean did you have any hope of how they would engage or or interpret your art you know what kind of experience do you aim to provide uh through endless buffet Huh, that's that's a good question. Um, I, I I hope people just uh, I I hope it it causes people to smile a bit um, and uh, kind of take a breath and and then maybe consider um, why we place value on certain things and experiences and. Um, what the overall impact of that is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that, um, you know, people can look at the world a little differently, particularly just the mundane things that seem so trivial. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe actually um, change um, how they uh, uh, go about uh, buying things that they don't need and uh, going places that are maybe um, pretty vacant of any kind of culture or um, any real any real real there there you know yeah Yeah, value yeah okay yeah okay so I mean it sounds like a very yeah, it sounds really like there's a lot to think about when you actually uh, confront it with the pieces, right? Mm. Um, are, are there? I mean, how many uh, pieces are there in the exhibition? I mean, some are some are not in uh, indoors, right? There's also some uh, that were there are outdoors as well. Uh, well, the the so this is a first at the go down. Um, there, this is in their uh, artist residency uh, wing of the building, and it's partially. Um, it, it's all covered with a roof, but it is uh, partially open on the sides. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a, a two sculptural pieces and seven paintings, uh, so a total of nine works. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually um, for a, a debut uh, art show in that space. I, th- I think um, they've done a great job in... Um, getting everything together and um, it's it's a nice to look at art in a uh, in a space that is kind of outside the traditional white box that most uh, gallery uh, type spaces are mm-hmm. um, so I think um, as I mentioned earlier um, it, it kind of came together all at the last minute but um, I, I think uh, it 
everything uh, works really well in there. Um, So I'm I'm happy with that. Okay. Was it quite challenging, though, working with this sort of unconventional space? Uh, Yes, particularly um, this is maybe not the best time of year because of the rain. Um, So we we had to make some contingency measures for when it comes a really strong downpour. Um, The paintings can be uh, taken down and put away in a safe place until the rain subsides. But... Um, so far, so good. Uh, the the staff there has been very diligent about uh, making sure everything's well taken care of. Okay, and I, I do want to say that uh, I mean I heard that you know it's quite family friendly. Like you know kids can come as well. Yeah, and explore. yeah. So I mentioned earlier I have a I have a six year old daughter and um, she's been very uh, usually even bringing her to my studio can be quite a uh, boring to her sometimes. But um, she's she's been quite happy there. Um, the works are colorful for the most part. Uh, the space is big and open. So if, um, you know, kids have room to, to be kids and it's not a, uh, uh, sort of a stuffy museum or gallery kind of thing where you can't, you know, touch anything mm-hmm. or you're afraid to knock a pedestal over or anything like that. Um, it's a very you know, kid, uh, rambunctious, kid-friendly you know, kind of space. I'm going to use that from now on, yeah. rambunctious, child-friendly place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, Chad, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. We can't wait. I can't wait to come and see it. I'm going to bring the kids, bring the whole family uh, and see it. Um, what are you working on next? Or, I mean, this, of course, was a huge one. Oh, good question. Uh Planning a trip to back to the U.S. to see my mom, hopefully before Christmas. <laughs> um, nice. I'm, I'm, I am planning on doing a, an open studio, um, and uh, you could probably find out about that uh, via Instagram. Um, with Ivan uh, Gabriel, the curator, uh, he's based in Penang, and uh, he's now working with the Hin Bustipo, mm-hmm. and so he's working on some uh, shows up there that to incorporate me in in the coming year. Or so. Yeah, a few things, but nothing uh, imminent at the at this moment. Well, this is a huge one, and we must yeah. come and see it. Uh, it's it's actually it actually started on the seventh of October and it's running right up till the fifth of November. Right, uh, it's happening over at the Go Down Art Center, which is located in Bukit Nanas in KL. Entry is free, but by registration at the Go Down social media website. So that's Instagram at the Go Down KL and Facebook also at the at the Go Down Art Space. Uh, I'll pop that all in the podcast links and exhibition hours are from 12pm to 7pm. Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, how can we keep in touch? Oh, I say, Do you have a Facebook page or Instagram page? Uh, yes, uh, Instagram would probably be the best. Uh, Chadwick Moore Art. Chadwick Moore Art? Okay, yep. all right. So just search for Chadwick Moore Art. That's C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K-M-O-O-R. A-R-T at Instagram Uh, and if you miss any part of our conversation today you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row you can also find it on the BFM app this has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind download the BFM app